0: Howdy doody everyone. Welcome back to the... Well, welcome back to... Welcome, I guess, would be
1: the correct term. Back. Well, hopefully it's welcome back, because hopefully you've listened before as well. well,
0: Even if this is the case, though, this is a welcome to a new episode. You know, we don't start every radio show being like, welcome back. It's a welcome. Yeah, this to, is true. This so is true. Welcome to this podcast. Uh, you already know who it's with. That you've read the title of it. it's Amy Shark, uh, the big fish in the pond or the big shark in the, the pond in <laughs> Australian music that we've managed uh, to snag up. Uh, we didn't have a lot of time with her, uh, which is why this one's perhaps a little bit shorter than other episodes. And that's why
1: we're talking for so long at the intro. <laughs> and the podcast sounds a lot longer too, but it's
0: uh, certainly worthwhile uh, listening to this one because we we got we uncovered. Uh, some things about amy shark in her high school days that <laughs> we found very interesting and she was perhaps a little bit i un- need not unease what's the word i'm thinking of she was a little bit <sighs> she's a bit jarred that we'd uh yeah that we was you, just out. surprised that we dug it out so you'll you'll enjoy that one and just the the makings of her new single well i won't keep it any longer please enjoy our chat with amy shark
1: We are lucky enough now, uh, we're really so this, to be joined on the line by Amy herself. Uh, thanks for joining us. No worries,
2: guys. How are you?
1: Very, very good, thanks. Um, now, the song we just heard, I Said Hi, that was off your number one um, Aria album, Love Monster. Uh, first of all, did you expect your debut album to be such a massive success?
2: No, actually. <laughs> I was really worried doing that. I mean,. When it's your debut album, like I'd never put together a body of work like that before. I mean, I'd done a lot of recordings before and written a lot of songs and everything, but it was all very DIY and not at the level that Love Monster was recorded at. So, um, it was stressful and I was trying to learn a lot along the way. But, um, I think, you know, what I learned is if you have good songs, it doesn't really matter. You just, you know, you need to make sure you have strong songs and everything else should, should fall into place, hopefully.
0: Well, you have some very strong ones off that. Two massive hits, Adore and I Said High, each going five times and four times platinum, respectively. Um, I assume they're sort of two songs you have to play at each gig. Do you get tired of playing them?
2: No. And, you know, time I hear an artist say, Oh, I'm so glad that song, I'm just like, you know, we're so blessed to be able to, you know, do music as a job and as a career and get paid for it that I don't know if I'll ever. Get to that point. I mean, maybe I'm still very like sort of early in my career of being at this level. Um, who knows? Maybe in ten years I'll be like, mm, I can't play that song once more. But I I don't see myself ever getting that way because I'm just I'm loving it too much.
0: That's an awesome approach because we actually spoke to Adam Spencer last week and he was saying that there are artists who they just seem you know if they didn't have that song for them they might not have the career that they have now. So I guess it's good that you look totally. back and you're not you know, spiteful of that song. You actually acknowledge that, you know, it's part of the reason you are where you are. Um, but you haven't always exactly. been Amy Shark. This was something interesting that Eamon... Yeah,
1: I was having to look look before. And um, we saw that in high school, um, you were in some all-girl punk bands. I think they were called Dorothy's Rainbow and Hansel Kiss Gretel, if I'm getting that right. <laughs> oh, my
2: God. <laughs> you, you really did some digging. Did
1: you, we, had, we had to ask about this. Could you tell us a little bit about that punk phase? <laughs>
2: Oh my! Um, <laughs> so Dorothy Traber was like just. Um, I think we had to form a group, like just a, in music class, like at school. I think it was like year nine or ten or something, um, and that was pretty tragic. But um, Hansel Kiss Gretel was just like an angry. Like I was, I was sort of into like um, I was into a lot of indie music, but like yeah, yeah, yes, and learning about like you know Nirvana and just just Angry Girls sort of stuff and the rest of the girls were as well and actually harder stuff like really gothicky kind of marilyn manson stuff so i um hope none of those recordings ever see the light of day but That was yeah. gonna be
1: my next question i was like is there anywhere we can find
2: them? <laughs> uh, man the fact that you knew all that i'm really nervous <laughs> so like i'm gonna have to like do a deep dive and Make sure that it's all
1: locked down before you do a hunt. No, we'll we'll keep it safe. Um, Now, we've had
0: some colleagues here at Fam. They've told us that they feel like we speak to more celebrities than the average human being. Um, Because, you know, we interview musical (laughs) guests pretty much every week. But we are nothing compared to you having a quick scroll of your Instagram feed. Um, I just want to do some quick celebrity word association, if you don't mind. So I'll give you a celebrity, you just give us a quick few words of your experience with them or your impressions of them. Okay, cool. Okay, Nicole Kidman.
2: Oh, absolute sweetheart. Keith Urban. Uh, Legend and super, super funny.
0: I saw you do a cover of Taylor Swift as well with him. What was that like?
2: Oh, that was great. That was so much fun. And um, yeah, I hope I can do more with Keith because he's just such a good vibe to be around.
0: Uh, Billie Eilish,
2: uh, ultra cool and really unpredictable. Says random <laughs> things, and I'm lucky I've got such a dark sense of humor that she just made me laugh all the time.
1: I can see, I can, I can see that 100. Uh, percent How about Elton John?
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, very knowledgeable. Knows more about Australian music than I do. Like, really, <laughs> just goes deep and knows upcoming artists, older artists, every genre, and and just knows. So much about them. Very wow. impressive.
0: Was there anything in particular that stood out to you? The-
2: yeah. Like, um, just, like, even just when he picked, like, a song from mine he, and he wanted to play The Idiot, and, and it's like, you know, most people of his caliber would just know if I said hi or adore. He knew, like, my whole catalogue, and he knew the whole of Courtney Barnett's catalogue. He, he knew the whole of Thelma Plum's catalogue. And I was just like oh my God, you really respect and admire and research Australian music. Like, you know, it was really impressive. Well, yeah, that's lovely. What and a legend. legend.
1: Yeah, what a legend. mark of a true yeah. true artist, I guess. Um, what totally. What Mark Hoppus?
2: I uh, was super starstruck. He's very tall, deep voice, handsome. Very, <laughs> like, he kind of like, he in the studio when you're with Mark Hoppus and you've been a Blink fan your whole life and when he starts just playing Carousel on bass, it's like, Thank you, because you know what I want. You know I want to hear that. Like, you know what I mean? It's like he just uh, he just like he gives you what you want. <laughs> it's like it was such a pleasure.
0: My dad would kill me if I don't ask this one. Alice Cooper.
2: Oh well, he had no idea who I was. I didn't even think he knew I was an artist. Um, but I just went up to him, and you know I just think he's an absolute legend. And his firefight show was insane. And he was just telling me about this massive tour that he'd been on. That he has been on, and he's like seventy or something, and I'm just like, "Amen, man! Like you are the actual Godfather. Like this is crazy." Um, And his wife is like super hot, and just really—it was just like a really random sort of conversation, but fun. (laughs) Is
1: that one of those crazy musicians like the Stones that just seem to never like stop or? uh, Yeah, yeah, they're just immortal.
2: He just keeps going. He's just like he's going, going, going. He's just never going to stop. It's crazy.
1: Um, How about Ed Sheeran?
2: Uh, Ed Sheeran has changed my life. Honestly, he the way he works, the way he writes music, the way he has his team and his family, and I just admire him so much. And I I spent you know the two days that I was working with him just observing, um, and yeah, it is total inspiration.
0: Seems like such a cool guy as well. Um, you mentioned when you were talking about Alice Cooper, how he's doing a massive world tour. Um, none of that's happening at the moment, unfortunately. But you've found a way to get your creative cravings i guess uh during isolation you've been making tiktok videos
2: yeah did a a couple of tiktoks um it's funny because it's just like it is the ultimate time waster and um <laughs> i remember it, i actually spend more time watching them than i do making them and you know i feel like every funny person in the world kind of lands on tiktok like i just i just think everyone is so hilarious on that platform um, but then there was a day that my manager was like um, Amy I, like you actually have a lot of work to do so you probably should like get off TikTok and like do some do some actual work so um, yeah but no it's been fun
0: it is so addicting though you just get in an endless loop of just
1: scrolling and scrolling <laughs> yeah. one video after the other
2: totally um, the, the new
1: single, the one that we will be playing in, in a few minutes, was delayed. You delayed the release of it intentionally um, because of the, the Black Lives Matter protests and, and what was happening both in America and around the world. Um, can you tell us just quickly why that was an important decision for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it was just a personal decision. I know some people had music that they had to put out, and it, it's nothing against anyone else. But for me, you know, I guess... My background working for the Gold Coast Titans, like I did a lot of work in the Indigenous communities and I kind of already know a lot about um, the history of what we have gone through as a country um, just through Preston Campbell and Dean Witters. So when I saw everything happening in America and and the world, I was just like, the world is so sick right now and I just don't want to be someone that is um, suffocating the, the loud voices that I feel that need to be heard. And Lessons need to be learned and, and um, this sort of toxic behavior needs to be brought to light and just needs to get better. And I think, you know, I think everyone felt the same. And most people just wanted, you know, wanted to help and, and do anything they can to to fix the problems. So, um, you know, it was a tough call because I'm getting, you know, I was getting asked every second of every day by people, by fans and stuff to say, drop music and please put put some music out, um, and I guess, you know, I, it got to a point where if I can put, you know, a smile on someone's face for even a minute, then, you know, I'll do that, and we just kind of waited for the right time to put music out, but it's, it's definitely a strange time, even with just, within, within the whole world right now, it's still just such a strange world.
0: Yeah, here. here Um. Your forthcoming album, we've got to get to your new single, Everybody Rises, in a second, but your forthcoming album has some high-profile features. Ed Sheeran, who we've already mentioned, uh, Diplo, and Billy Corgan from The Smashing Pumpkins, which was a bit of a big deal for you as well, I understand. Can you tell us a bit about that project and when we may be expecting it?
2: Yeah, I do need to raise this massive alarm that that is not actually like set in stone, any of those feet—that like that's not... Um, <laughs> like yeah that that's not in stone none of those people um like are officially on my album I like it's hard because you know I meet these people and we have um we have really good connection and, and we're, we're working on stuff but it's sometimes it's not for my album sometimes it's for other um you know other other people or for for, for their band or for their project or whatever so I do want to say that there's so many names being thrown around about my album. And yes, there are some exciting people. Um, I can definitely say that I worked on a song um, that I'm excited about with Ed Sheeran, but uh, every other name, you just like, I just can't, you know, don't, you know, don't, <laughs> I can't promise anything, well,
1: you know? Well, so the, the Creative uh, juices flow where they do, <laughs> but it, it's, it's awesome that you've worked with yeah. them in the first place.
2: Oh, t- oh, I know. Like, I mean, I Billy Corgan, like Smashing Pumpkins is such a massive, uh, was such a massive band for me and, and an inspiration. And I I guess like, you know, my favorite album of Smashing Pumpkins was Adore and my favorite song is Ava Adore. So it was like, it was a really special moment when I got to tell Billy Corgan, um, you know, I guess in the back of my mind, I, I had that in my head when I was writing Adore. And um yeah, I've had all these amazing experiences and it's hard because like, you know, I want to document them and I put them online, but then I kind of, I'm forgetting that I hype so many people up (laughs) and, um, you know, I'm still learning to, about that, but, but then there's some people that I actually am working on stuff with for the album. So it's, you know, I'm just keeping you guessing, but don't, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't like lose any sleep over those particular names
0: feeding people like us false names to <laughs> see if we can chase the the tail that's not there but we'll get to <laughs> no. uh, your new single everybody rise this is
1: one that definitely is on the
0: album <laughs> <laughs> we can confirm that <laughs>
2: definitely yes
0: yeah um yeah. So we've heard it's about idolizing celebrities and sort of the the toxicity that could come with that but it's also about dm slides uh can you tell us a little about the new single
2: yeah, I mean, it's pretty, like, you know, Everybody rides like the the title is so massive and I love that about it and the chorus sounds like this big worldly anthem but, you know, realistically, it is just typical me, typical Amy Shark, just, um, you know, the unrequited love, feeling angsty pain that, you know, I feel like everyone's been through but I think what I was excited, the, the main thing I was excited about this song is I was kind of meshing together two worlds, and you know the world that I have experienced being on the bad side of unrequited love and being damaged by that. But then also, you know, living through that and becoming someone who a lot of people um, are interested in now, and it's it's really strange for me because I've obviously I I never had had that feeling before, and I wasn't really like the total popular person at school, and I never really knew how to digest like love or um even to articulate how I felt about people like I was really awkward with it so for now for people to want to know me is it's really weird and I guess everybody rise was um inspired by that kind of movement and that kind of worship culture so yeah if that answers your question
1: (laughs) It does, it does, and it's a a fantastic insight into your latest hit. So keep that in mind, everybody listening, uh, when we hit play on this next one. Thank you so much, Amy Shark, for joining us. We really, really appreciate it, and we wish you all the very best um, for the rest of your work on the album. We're really looking forward to hearing it.
2: Thank you, guys, and thank you so much for playing my music and getting behind me. It really means a lot.